everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Good morning, Vietnam! Welcome to the jungle, baby. Welcome to the jungle. Welcome to Two Dudes Movie Reviews. Mama, the meatloaf! You see what happens, Larry? How'd it get burned? How'd it get burned? How'd it get burned? They've done studies, you know. 60% of the time, it works. Every time. I am McLovin. You are tearing me apart, Lisa! Come with me if you want to live. Gentlemen, you have my curiosity. But now you have my attention. Now, here's your host, Sky and Colin. Here's Johnny. Hey, moviegoers. You're listening to Two Dudes Movie Reviews with Sky and Colin. And we just can't stop ourselves. We're here to talk more Marvel because that's pretty much all this show has become. Marvel mm-hmm. and Dune. Yeah. Can't stop, won't stop. Until nope. they put out a really shitty movie that I change allegiances to, to DC. Yeah. Instantly go back and be like, yeah, DC is where it's at. Yeah. Which DC has been making a comeback. Like the Suicide Squad was awesome. I really liked that movie. Um, You know, that's it. Fuck those clowns. I'm a Dark Horse (laughs) comics guy now. Yeah. Well, Dark Horse is sweet. Image is great. Yeah. People need to give more love to the quote unquote independent. Like I feel like Image is like they're definitely not on Marvel DC level, but like they have enough titles that are like have wide notoriety. I was going to say image has walking dead. So, I mean, that right there is big enough. Yeah. And that's like the biggest thing. I think a lot of people don't even realize that it's based on a comic book too. They're just like walking (laughs) dead the show. Yeah. Great. Love it. Yeah. Walking dead's awesome. Became such a phenomenon. You know, I jumped off the walking dead train, like season three. I was just like, cool, but like Mm -hmm. repetitive. Like I was like, I wasn't grabbed by anything. Season one and two though. Oh my God. John Bernthal. Oh, he's amazing. (laughs) Yeah, I think I watched up until season four or five. Like I went a little bit longer, but it got it got repetitive and everything. And I think they peaked. I think it's season three ended with like the mayor or the governor or whatever it was. I think it was the governor. OK, Um, that season was awesome. And yeah. I think they like peaked then. And, and since then, nothing's been as good. It's also funny. The first time I watched The Walking Dead, um, I watched with my girlfriend and her friend at the time. And uh, they were like really into the show. They'd watch like every episode. And I think it was like the season three, like finale, or it was like the episode right before the finale where big shit was going to happen. And like a beloved character got killed off and they were like freaking out. And I was just sitting there like, fuck, what the fuck's your problem? (laughs) (laughs) That old guy, (laughs) that old schmo. Yeah. Since then, I'm more of a, a fear the walking dead type of guy. Ooh, I'm more of a talking dead kind of guy. <laughs> I was going to say that if you didn't say it. <laughs> <laughs> That's more my steez. Yeah. My speed is to watch the show about the making of the show. Oh yeah. That's another good one. Another good one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> enough said. I got nothing else on the walking dead. <laughs> I had a couple of the books, the comics like I had, I think I had trades one through six, maybe. But I actually sold them fairly recently on eBay. Um, I have the first compendium, which I don't even know how many, 
how many issues that is, but it's a thick boy. Yeah, it's pretty big. It was good. <laughs> I liked reading the comic, but you know, it's not for me yeah. anymore. I hopped off the train. I was going to say, I think the compendium is like my biggest chode of a book. But then I like looked up at my books up there and it's actually it. <laughs> like Stephen King wrote yeah, like it is 1500 yeah. pages about a clown. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And kids having sex with each other. Yeah. It's sick. It's awesome. That's why you bought it. That one chapter. <laughs> yeah. Just skim through. I'm like, come on, where is it? <laughs> Where's the good stuff? <laughs> no, he was yeah. coked up. <laughs> oh yeah. For sure. For most of those books. Yeah. He was coked up. I think he but, apologized. Uh, yeah. What else is uh, what else is new with you? I feel like we haven't talked in a while. You know, we're we're definitely late on the episodes, as is our current tradition. Unfortunately, <laughs> I know it's a tradition here at the show. <laughs> yeah, to put out episodes late. Um, but it, I mean, we know that we're busy. I think by now the Swampies can tell that we're busy people. Yeah. Other than work, consuming the life from me. Um, went yeah. back for Thanksgiving. That was hmm. that was fun. Yeah. Brought the dog. Um, nice. Yeah, how was how was your Thanksgiving? You even talk about that. Pretty low key. Pretty low key. Uh hung out with uh, Meg and her parents. Um trying to think if I did anything. Uh yeah, I didn't really do anything crazy. We went out like later in the day, Friday, like Black Friday. Mm-hmm. Um didn't really like rack up on anything. I was, I'm pretty much, I was already done with like my Christmas shopping before black Friday. Oh, so wow. going out on black Friday was more about just like, Oh, see if there's any like last, like little things and stocking mm-hmm. stuffers and stuff for Logan and Meg. But, um, you know, it was pretty chill. I think that week, yeah, earlier that week I started my new job, my winter job. Oh, so, I didn't even, what, what I, I don't know about this. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I got to, um, you know, I got to work through the winter. Uh, so I got a job actually like a couple doors down at the deli, right, right by my house. Mm-hmm. That you know of, um, so yeah, I'm working there. Oh. I'm, I'm a deli boy <laughs> and I'm just trying to slice ham. <laughs> I'm a deli, deli boy. <laughs> I'm a make you sandwich. <laughs> um, well, cool. Yeah. Your hometown heroes. <laughs> yeah the island boys making florida <laughs> proud they uh they actually performed recently and they got booed off stage <laughs> why are they performing like they don't have anything to perform they have one quote-unquote song where they just say a thing a bunch of times that, yeah i mean that's that's it nowadays that's all you need man how are we not famous we're stupid <laughs> we are famous i saw our spotify wrapped <laughs> Did you? I didn't look at it yet. I want to see it. Yeah. You know what? There was actually some really cool stats in there. Like, I think last year uh, we had more like growth as a show. We still had a lot of uh, new followers this year. Um, But I remember like looking at it last year being like, holy shit. Like we like quadrupled our audience base this year. It was probably more like like doubled. Um, Mm -hmm. Part of that was I think last year we put out like 50 something episodes. I think this year it said we only put out like 30. Um, I think last year we put out like 60 episodes, yeah. like 60 to 70. Yeah, we we went off, but it this year was definitely less. But uh, one thing that was really cool, um, they did like a couple newer stats and some of them were like um, this amount of people, like you were their most listened to podcast. 
of the year. Oh, that's cool. And uh, yeah, there was a, it was like a large portion of the people that follow our show. We were their most listened to like podcast, which I thought was really cool. And uh, that that's what we get for having a longer runtime. Suck on that, Gabe. It was, yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> Fuck you. We make people listen to us for an hour and a half at a time. Not 20 minutes. Not 15. That's how you get to the top. I I, uh, I looked at my rapt afterwards, though, and then it was like, it was like, one podcast stood above all, and I was like, of course, it's my own show. And then it shows up, and it was just some random podcast that I listened to one episode of, and I was like, how the fuck that happened? I think... I think I may have listened to it and then muted my computer and let Spotify just play through all the episodes in like a day. And wow. uh, yeah, so I, it was like, yeah, you listened to this show like 40 something times. And I was like, no, I didn't. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> throwing off the algorithm, man. Yeah. But which is good because that means that I was not one of the people who was the, you know, that we were I their am. most listened yeah, show. So, and I'm not either because I don't have Spotify or use Spotify. Nice, nice. Um, yeah, so so there you go. So we're not padding our numbers at all. <laughs> we'll pad our numbers when we do brackets and stuff like that. We'll just vote for the movies we want. Um, but <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, you can't put that out there because then people are going to think we really do that. I have in the past tipped the scales a little bit by voting on the, but that's only one vote. So yeah. it's just like... And I should have a say in the votes, too. We've had arguments about this. You're like, you can't vote on our own things. And then you've gone and voted opposite of all of my voting. Yeah, just to offset it. <laughs> just to offset it. But I'm like, we're part of it, too. We should be allowed to have a say in what episode we might be doing. So if I have favorites, why not throw my my hat in the ring? If the people vote against me, which they always do anyways, <laughs> then it doesn't matter in the end. And if we win and I get to do what I want, then that's great because it's, you know, it's our fucking show. I should be able to do what I want. <laughs> yeah. Unless some fucking swampy tell me what to do. <laughs> um, I did want to say this, though, because I think we're going to try and keep this pretty compact. It's a Marvel episode, so we got a lot to talk about. But yeah, I did want to say this during the, the, the holiday, during the Thanksgiving break, I watched a movie that might be the worst movie of all time. No, not all time, but the worst movie of the year that I think I've watched. It, it's in the running for it. Okay. What do you got? It's streaming. It's on Disney Plus. I watched Home Sweet Home Alone. <laughs> Home Sweet Home Alone. I think I saw a trailer for this. <laughs> it's the new Home Alone reboot. Um and it's got the chubby kid from Jojo Rabbit with the glasses. He's playing the new kid, but it's like actually canon with like the Macaulay Culkin Home Alone movies. Okay. Um, because the the actor who plays Buzz is in the movie as that character, just grown up. Oh my god! And like in the this Home Alone universe, Kevin McAllister is like a like millionaire who made his money on like security systems. Wait, is Macaulay Culkin in it? No, he's not in it, but they like acknowledge oh. Kevin McAllister in the movie. Got you. But it is, it is so bad. Yeah, of course it is. You know what? Like I did not think it was going to be any good, but I was also like, you know what? There's been three home alone movies since home alone two. And there's no way that it's worse than those. Right. Can't be. And, um, you know, like, they say, like, if it's uh, if it ain't broken, don't fix it. 
but uh, I guess they tried to with this one. I guess they saw like Marvel trying to like humanize their villains and like, you know what, we'll do that. So the villains in this movie, the guys who are robbing their house, aren't actually trying to rob the house. Um, Mm -hmm. They think that the boy stole something from them and they are about to be evicted from their house and they can't afford to like feed their children. So they're like going into the house to basically just like, we have to get this thing back because it's worth money. We could sell it to pay for our rent. And the Kevin McAllister kid in this one is basically like, he overhears them saying like, we got to go in and get that. I think it's a, uh, like a doll of a boy. Like we got to go in and get that boy. So he thinks that they're trying to kidnap him. So basically he is just maiming and brutalizing innocent people. (laughs) Yeah. Innocent in the sense of that. They're not trying to hurt him, but they are trying to steal, I guess. Well, no, they're just trying to, they think that the kids stole from them. Interesting. Like they're trying to get their own possession back. So the, the villains in this movie are completely innocent. <laughs> nice. And then he I love just, that. he's just like, he's shooting them with like Nerf guns with like tax on it. And he's just like, die. <laughs> you know, you know what? I've always said, you know what home alone really needs is a, is a kill monger. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's what, that's what home alone is missing. <laughs> I was actually watching the first home alone today at work because it was slow and it was on TV. So I was like, hell yeah. And I also watched Santa Claus mm. on TV the other day. Nice. And I do want to throw this out there and then we can get into all, all the other Marvel stuff. But real quick, I don't appreciate this trope of the single dad being bad at everything and Christmas. And I think I might have talked about this last year. <laughs> but like uh, Jingle All the Way is the same thing. Santa Claus is the same thing. And it's like these single dads, like they're divorced. They got their kid for the holiday. They're fucking it up constantly and they're like he burns the turkey and then he goes to denny's and they're just like oh you part of this party he's like no no burnt the turkey he's like oh yeah yeah we know exactly where to put you and bring him to this back room of denny's and it's all just dads dads who are just fucking wastes it's like yeah i'm bad at this my kid hates me my life is in shambles and i'm like excuse me i know how to cook i cook great i play the games i decorate the christmas tree i do all that stuff I don't appreciate Hollywood painting single dads as as shitty fathers who don't know how to how to do the holidays right for their kids. Like mom was the fun one. Fuck moms. <laughs> moms are dumb. <laughs> <laughs> he just starts getting more and more out of control. <laughs> more and more out of control. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. Uh but yeah, I just noticed I noticed that. And speaking of horrible Christmas movies, Santa Claus 3 might be the worst one I've ever seen. Like Christmas movie period. It is <laughs> atrocious. Maybe this year for the holiday bracket, which I don't know if we're going to do one for sure cuz we're already, you know, 3 weeks away from uh from the year mm-hmm. ending pretty much. Maybe we should do bad Christmas movies. Ooh. You know. Okay. The Santa Claus 3, we can do um a year without a Santa Claus, they made a live action one, and it is one of the cringiest, god awfulest things you'll ever see in your life. <laughs> I'm trying to think of another really bad one. I kind of avoid a lot of the shitty ones for obvious reasons. As you should. I mean, my brother just watched uh, the Christmas Chronicles 2, and he said it was dog shit. So I'll take his word for it. <laughs> oh, yeah, I believe it. I'll trust his his assessment and go no further. Well, trailer park. Enough said. Yeah, I was leaving it open for you. <laughs> yeah, enough said. I was actually, while we were finishing up, I was um, 
was pulling up the trailer that we're going to talk about today. Nice. I actually saw this trailer in the movie theater today because I went to the movies this morning and uh, mm. went and saw them Ghostbusters, but they played this and it's hard to not get hyped. It's hard to not get hyped when you see the trailer for what are we talking? It's hard to not get hard for Spider-Man No Way Home. <laughs> Spider-Man No Way to Conceal Your Bone. Um, Spider-Man No Way Jose. <laughs> now we we've already done a trailer for this, but how could we how could we not do the next one? Is there only two trailers out for it? I mean, I think there's a bunch of like TV spots and stuff like that, but I think there's only two or is it three at this point? I don't even remember, honestly. I'm seeing here that it says new trailer three and it has a picture of Willem Dafoe and it looks like he's in some green goblin garb, but it's like slightly different. But I, you can never tell if it's a fan edit or, or, or what it's from screen culture. So I don't know. I'm don't pretty know, sure that one's a fan edit. Um, yeah, it, it doesn't look legit. I think there's only yeah. two. There's the, there's the, the teaser trailer, which is the first thing we did. And then there's the official trailer, which you get a lot more clips of villains and stuff and you see what's going on. Yeah. I mean, we're hyped for it. If you listen to the last trailer park we did on it, you would know that we're very excited, but this trailer shows a little bit more and we were actually talking off mic about this and we've got some theories and I just want to get into it. Yeah. Let's not, let's not waste time. Ever since I got bit by that spider, I've only had one week where my life has felt normal. That was when you found out. When you botched that spell where you wanted everyone to forget the Peter Parker Spider-Man. Oh my guy. Mm-hmm. We started getting some visitors. Ooh. We got that the last time, but we didn't get that. Universe. Oh, we didn't get him flying in. We didn't get this yeah. either. Hello, Peter. Let's see a little bit more of what Doc Ock is doing. You're not Peter Parker. I'm sorry, what was your name again? Dr. Otto Octavius. <laughs> 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 Wait, no, seriously, what's your actual name? The de-aging on him actually looks very good. Send them back. Yeah, for real. So, Scooby-Doo this crap. You know, all this is kind of your mess. I know a couple of magic words myself, starting with the word please. Please, Scooby-Doo this crap. <laughs> Zendaya being amazing. You're flying out into the darkness. Oh, J. Jonah Jameson, popping up. They all die fighting Spider-Man. It's their fate. I'm sorry, kid. Yeah, me too. Don't. Ooh. We're gonna see a little bit of a fight there between them. There isn't. They're a danger to our universe. You're not gonna take this away from me. Yes. I love what they did actually, with Electro. Yeah, actually yeah. looking Good. like Electro. Not being blue. You want. Do you think he'll have the gap in his teeth? Tries to make you. <sighs> Hope so. 
Sandman, Lizard. Yeah, I can't save everyone. We gotta talk about this, though, in a minute. Yep. Looks like they're doing Gwen Stacy again, or with Zendaya. Yeah. What's happening? They're starting to come through, and I can't stop them. December 17th, exclusively at movie theaters. Tickets on sale November 29th. Spider Monday. Spider Monday! Spider Monday. <laughs> You've heard of Black Friday, but now get ready for Spider Monday. Getting tickets for this movie was was a challenge. I still don't have my tickets. I think I have to go on Monday. I'm legitimately considering putting in a request off for work on that that day. You should. I'm sure other people already have. Oh, oh, for real, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to try to yeah. get in there anytime I can over that weekend or something. The hard part is I have Logan that weekend. I was also considering um, putting in that I can't work that Friday that it comes out and telling the school that there's a family emergency and then bringing him to see Spider-Man during the day. Yeah. I mean, there is an emergency. The multiverse is open. Yeah, that's what I'll tell them. <laughs> it's, a, it's an emergency. <laughs> All right. You want to talk some theories real quick? Yeah, yeah, I do. Zendaya falling. I'm going to hit that first. I think okay. Andrew Garfield is the Spider-Man that saves her almost as like a redemption for Gwen Stacy. Mm, that'd be cool. I, I don't think it's actually Tom Holland. I think that Tom Holland will be like wrapped up with something else and Andrew Garfield will go and save her for him. Mm -hmm. And that'll kind of bring him some kind of like peace for like being able to do that for another Peter Parker because he wasn't able to do that for Gwen Stacy. Mm hmm. I like so, that. I think that that's going to be a really cool moment if that's what they do. I also think I can't believe these trailers. Marvel has been so close to the vest with every single movie they've been putting out in the last few years. And like the secrecy around Doctor Strange 2 and like Benedict Cumberbatch shows up in interviews, but he won't show his face. Like he's not allowed to show his face. It's literally just like his phone staring up at the ceiling and everything. Mm hmm. So they're so good at keeping secrets, except when it comes to this movie, apparently every bit of information leaks about this movie. So there's a couple of things. I mean, it's selling out tickets like crazy, like faster than like infinity war or Endgame did mm -hmm. like nuts. Like websites are crashing for ticket sales. I saw somebody list like opening night tickets for like some city and it was like $500 on eBay. Yeah, no, I, I like that theory a lot about Andrew Garfield um, kind of getting redemption. I, you know, you know what the problem is? You're too smart. You come up with too good of ideas. So if they don't come true, then I'm bummed out because. Right. I think I said this when we did this last thing. You just said, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. That tracks. I get it. Uh, um, but uh, when we talked last time, I, I said, I was like, you know, I really don't like give a shit if like I, Andrew Garfield's in the movie. Like, obviously he will be, you know, if they're doing him and Tobey Maguire, like why wouldn't he be in it? But um, I think that would actually be a very good moment. Like that's something that could I could get behind. Um, and, and not that Andrew Garfield, like I dislike him or anything. It's just his movies don't mean anything to me. Um, yeah. But that, that would be a really cool moment to kind of like in some ways 
mean, you're not fixing that movie. That movie sucks. But I was going to say, in some ways, you almost like kind of uh, wrap up that character better than his own movie did. Um, mm-hmm. The thing I was going to say, like at this point, like everyone, I think knows they're going to be in the movie. Um, but if you're if you're still on the fence, there's a couple things that I just wanted to bring up, and I had mentioned this to you. Um, there's that scene in this trailer and it's around like two fifteen, and Spider-Man jumps and Sandman, Electro and Lizard jumping at him. And yeah, I was texting my friend from college, Christina, shout out to Christina. She actually listens to the show. And, um, I was like, that's a really weird scene because if you look at it, like, Spider-Man's at a completely different depth of field than Lizard and Electro. It looks like he's more jumping towards Sandman. And yeah, I, and I was just like, I think they, they CGI'd out Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire. Like that, that would make sense there. Um, and then right. like two hours later, I saw on Twitter, like the Brazilian or like Spanish version of this trailer, like trending. And I was like, what the fuck's with that? So I watched it in that version of the trailer this shot is extended by like two seconds and people have probably seen it, but lizard gets punched from the air. Like he, he gets punched yeah, by, by nothing. nothing. So I think that's what they did. And then another thing we had talked about this when we did our last trailer. And I had said that there was people like, um, there was footage that showed up of Andrew Garfield in the Spider-Man suit. And then someone said that they created the, like they faked the footage with a deep fake and they posted a video mm-hmm. of them working on the deep fake. Um, and so that like kind of like people are like, oh, maybe they're not actually in it. But I watched the video actually of him making the deep fake. And I don't know if this is like out there. It probably is. But because I did that deep fake for the thing that we posted when we did bad education, I know how deep fakes yeah. work. And his deep fake video is, is faked. <laughs> like, the way that it works is when you run the program, it has on the left side, the face that like your face, the face that you're putting onto the the footage on the right mm-hmm. side, it has the face that you're replacing. And then in the middle, it has like a, like kind of like a, almost like an anamorphs, like slow time lapse of like what, like inputting the data, making the face like a combination of the two. But mm-hmm. the faked footage that this guy posted where he was just like, hey, yeah, look, look, I deep faked it. The faces on both sides, he's using Andrew Garfield's face on the left, but it's him in the Spider-Man suit. He's using the exact same clips or exact same footage. Yeah. So he clearly just took the actual footage and tried to like fake people. But yeah, no, him saying that is completely wrong. You can you can throw that out. So. I mean, they're definitely, yeah. they're definitely in the movie. And, uh, I don't know, man. Cause I don't know. People are stupid. Like how do, how do you not get it by now? Like people are like, Oh, who hit the lizard? It's like, you're a fucking idiot. We all know it's John Cena. <laughs> That's why you couldn't see him. <laughs> that would he be wasn't hit by nothing. <laughs> it's John Cena. That's a big like twist in the movie. Yeah. John Cena and The Rock. The Rock is the other one that they blurred out. It's actually, how mad would everybody be if it wasn't 
the other two Spider-Men, but it was John Cena and the rock. <laughs> Last question before we, we move on to this. Uh, it looks like they're doing sinister six. Like I think everybody has always wanted them to do sinister six in the Andrew Garfield movies. They were setting up sinister six and they didn't do uh-huh. it. You see five villains in this. Do you think uh-huh. there's a sixth villain? And if so, who do you think it is? The easy thing would be if it's vulture. Yeah. Also, there was a, um, this is another reason why I don't believe most of these trailers because I feel like they're just dumping so much information and they never do that, that I think that a lot of it is a swerve, but Michael Keaton was on a talk show promoting, um, some, some other thing he's doing, some other, uh, movie he did or TV show or something. And, uh, they're asking him about like the Marvel stuff and also reprising his Batman role for the flash thing. And, uh, it's actually funny. I should show you, send you the clip of it, but just Michael Keaton being awesome. Michael Keaton, the way he is, mm-hmm. he's like laying, sitting back in his chair and stuff. And then he's asking, they're asking him about like how like secretive Marvel is. He's like, yeah, they don't got to worry about me. Cause I have no idea what's going on. He's like, like, I love the movies. I love working on it. It's like, but it's not really like my thing. Like I didn't like read the comics or anything like that. Uh, but it's so much fun and everything. And he's, he's like, I'll get there on the day. And they're like, okay, remember how like the last time we were shooting, you did this scene and this scene with this character. And I'm like, nodding, like, uh-huh, uh-huh. And they're just looking at me like, you have no idea what we're talking about. I'm like, no, 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 just give me the scene and I'll, I'll, I'll do it. Like, <laughs> but then, uh, he's like sitting back and he's like, you know, got that Michael Keaton like attitude about him. He's like really cool and slick and stuff. And the guy like asks him, uh, something, there's either Kimmel or something like that. But then Michael Keaton's like, he's like, yeah, I'm going to be shooting some, uh, some stuff, uh, in the next like week or two. He's like, oh yeah, what are you shooting? He's like, yeah, some vulture stuff. <laughs> Just like kind of, yeah, nah, some vulture stuff. <laughs> and everybody's like, oh, they're like, really? He's like, yeah, I'm going to be, yeah, it's just shooting some vulture stuff. <laughs> eh. <laughs> just like that. And I'm like, well, that's amazing. But then. That could have been for Morbius. We don't know because he showed up in that trailer. So that's what I mean. There's so there's too much information out there. I feel like they're flooding the streets with as many leaks as possible. So no one knows what's real and what's not. Mm-hmm. And I think when the movie comes out, we're going to be surprised by either the amount of screen time that certain things play out in or the way these things actually unfold and appear. Cause yeah, I mean, Maybe all of that stuff is in the movie. Maybe all of it. They just were like, you know what? Don't play secrets. Show them how incredibly insane this movie is going to be so that we have what we just had with the ticket sales. You know, Mm -hmm. maybe there's just an opposite approach. They're like, just go crazy. And maybe they're so secretive about Doctor Strange, too, because they're like, Spider-Man No Way Home is going to also perpetuate the excitement for Dr. Strange too, because we're seeing more Dr. Strange in this. We see the multiverse unraveling and things like that. I think that this is going to be they're They're being very secretive about one movie and being overly just like loose about information for this one, because they're like, this one will help us sell Dr. Strange too. So we don't need to tell anybody about Dr. Strange too. keep that a secret. Let that be all surprises. It's okay. If this, isn't as big of a surprise because it's so crazy that people are going to be insanely excited to see it that, you know, the surprise isn't everything. Sometimes it's, sometimes you do want to show people what you got coming so that they can jump on it, you know? Yeah. 
I also don't think that they are faking footage. Like I think mm-hmm. so many shots like this that are almost a hundred percent CGI, like most of these shots in this trailer are done on a green screen. It's so expensive to make something in, you know, CGI and make it look this good. And I kind of feel like these shots probably are in the movie, but maybe they're just taking things out or they're like, like maybe the scene with uh, Peter Parker and Zendaya, like maybe that's a deep fake in some way where they're just putting Tom Holland's face on Andrew Garfield or something like that. I think that's more likely, but I feel like all these shots are probably actually in the movie. I just feel like, I feel like the surprises are probably going to come more so from swerving your expectations of what it's going to be. Mm -hmm. Well, something else to note. Did you see the runtime of this movie? Isn't it long? Isn't it like two and a half hours? Yeah. It is It is like 45 minutes longer than either of the other two movies. Damn. Because I think the first one had a short runtime. It was like an hour 40, and, and I think the second one was just under two hours. Well, that's the other thing. I think they were like saying that this was going to be like his last movie, and Tom Holland did like a... He, made, he did an interview. He made a statement saying like he thinks he's done with Spider-Man. Someone should do Miles Morales. And it sounded like this was going to be his hurrah. And then like a week later, it was like Tom Holland signs on for like three more Spider-Man movies. <laughs> and I was like, what? So, well, he, he, so the way Marvel does their contracts now is they don't sign people on for movies. They sign them on for appearances. Mm-hmm. And then the rides and stuff at, um, at the Disney, at the Marvel compound thing in Disney. Yeah. That counts as those appearances too. So if they shoot something for like one of those rides or an interactive thing, mm-hmm. that counts as an appearance. If they show up in one of the Disney Plus shows, that's an appearance. An Avengers movie, that's an appearance. Um, even if they are not the stars of the movie, if they if they show up at, in any capacity, mm-hmm. then um, then that counts as an appearance. So that's how they're doing it now. So like some people, they'll sign on for like twenty appearances, but that's because they're going to pop up in this show this movie for a minute they're gonna have their own movie and then they're gonna be an avenger you know what i mean like yeah it, they reformatted their contract structure so who knows maybe those those three appearances are actually for you know smaller things like he's not gonna have another spider-man movie but maybe he'll do something for the theme park he'll do something for uh a video game or something else you know what i mean mm-hmm. um maybe maybe that's it they already have a Spider-Man ride in Avengers campus. So I don't know if they're going to do anything with him there or not, or if they already have. Yeah. Um, but yeah, lots of, lots of theories. It's coming down to the wire. What do we have? Like two weeks before this comes out? Not even. No. Yeah. Two weeks, two weeks from today. Yeah. So very, very excited. And. Oh yeah. Well, not, no, not even. Yeah, you're right. Sorry. I don't know why I thought it was Friday. <laughs> I wish it was Friday. I was going to say uh, there's more Marvel talk that I would like to talk about, but we probably shouldn't. But Hawkeye, I was going to say, I haven't watched Hawkeye yet, but I've heard very, very bad things about it. Have you watched it? You heard bad things? I watched the first episode and I was like, I'm digging this. I liked the first episode of Hawkeye more than I liked the first episode of Falcon and Winter Soldier. Oh, really? Uh, I'll have to watch it. I've heard that it's like very campy. Um... It, I've heard it, that there's some very bad dialogue. <laughs> it definitely plays into humor stuff. I mean, I only watched the first episode. Um, I think it has mm-hmm. a little bit more 
silliness to it. Oh my God. The first episode, there is a Hamilton esque musical about Steve Rogers. Remember that in the trailer. Yeah. You need to see that scene. It's so, it's so cringy to sit there and watch it, but it's intentionally (laughs) like that. But it's like, they're telling the story of like the 2012, like the, um, the invasion of New York and everything, Mm -hmm. but it's like in a musical style (laughs) and oh dude, it's so bad, but great. (laughs) The other thing that we will talk about Spider-Man Spider-Verse part one. Oh yeah. Did you see the first look? Yeah. Looks, looks awesome. Very cool. All right. You want to, you want to get out of here? Yeah, we should. We got a movie to talk about. Yeah, boy. Well, we're talking Eternals, baby. Mm-hmm. And this is another one. We did a trailer park for this. And I think in that trailer park, I said, this movie can only disappoint at this point because I was so excited for it. And then the reviews started coming out for this movie. Yeah. And their like tagline all over the place was that it was the lowest rated movie in the MCU, like worst MCU movie. And took me like a week to get out to go see this because I was just like, oh, I really don't want to be disappointed. Um, I'll get into all of the, 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 you know, the bare bones info in a second, but I, I'll just say this. This ain't the worst movie in the MCU. No, definitely not. No. So just get that out of the way. Cause I, I actually left the theater. Like I went in kind of like dragging my heels being like, I really don't want to be sad leaving the theater. And then I left and I was like, that's not the worst movie I've seen all year or the worst MCU movie. Um, Chloe Zhao, though, she's the director. We just talked about her when we did Nomadland. Um, she's also a writer on this movie. Patrick Berlow is one of the writers on it. And Ryan Firpo, I think is how you pronounce his last name. He's another one of the writers on it. But we got a stacked cast. Uh, so many A-listers. Angelina Jolie is Thena. Uh, Kit Harrington, Gemma Chan, she's Cersei. Richard Madden is Icarus. Salma Halleck is, is in here as Ajax. Kumail Nanjiani is Kinga. Is it Kingo? Kingo. Kingo, yeah. Uh, Brian Tyree Henry is Fastos, Mm -hmm. I think. Yep, Fastos. Uh, All right. Uh, Barry Keegan is Druig. Um, Lauren Rudolph is Makari. Liam McHugh is Sprite. And then I think it's Madong Siak is how you pronounce it, but he's Gilgamesh. And then, holy shit, did they freaking waste Bill Skarsgård in this? We'll get to that, but he's in this movie. (laughs) Yeah, he's sort of in this movie. He's, yeah. But yeah, man, stacked cast. Um, I think a lot of people were wondering what the fuck this movie was and where do you want to start? Because I think this movie is full of interesting things and some pretty big events for the MCU. So I feel like Mm. there's a lot to talk about. There is. I'll get into all of that when when we get like into spoiler territory, especially like when you want to talk like implications on the rest of the MCU. But mm-hmm. you got a movie, you're introducing a lot of characters at once in one movie, a, a team essentially. Um, so let's talk about like the characters, I guess, because one of the things that this movie does like a pretty good job of, you have this group of characters that are like all from the same, they have like basically the same history, all the same exact history. They have different power sets and stuff, but even besides the power sets, I think they did a pretty good job of making each character have their own individual personality and really separating themselves and set themselves apart from each other that um, made it interesting. And I think it was pretty quick and obvious to understand people's like interpersonal relationships amongst the group. 
So I think in terms of trying to juggle a large amount of characters that you're introducing at the same time, making them all feel unique from each other and establish like believable relationships. I think they did uh, actually a pretty good job with something that would seem like a difficult task. I think when it comes to the characters, I think they do a good job with, like you were saying, giving them a personality and letting you know kind of what their, what their deal is. And to an extent, which characters have, you know, tighter relationships amongst each other. I will say, I think they don't do the best job of letting you know what their like power sets are. Like I, no, <laughs> no, they don't, you know, I'm, I'm not super well versed in the Eternals, uh, but they're supposed to be like some of the strongest things in the galaxy. They're all essentially basically supposed to be like Superman. <laughs> and yeah, some of them, like, it seems like one is kind of like a speedster. One can kind of, uh, I guess manipulate, I don't know if it's objects or what you're seeing or like conjure things. Another one has like lasers and then another one just has like all powers. Like some of them were very strange. I didn't, I didn't really understand what exactly they all individually do to an extent. And also some of them just seem more powerful than the others when they, I think they, they're all supposed to be on a level playing field, but going back to like the personality, there is a few characters that I actually think their personality really shines through can go. Yeah. I was going to say Kumail Nanjiani, I think is one, you know, everybody's favorite or a lot of people's favorites. I actually really liked Barry Keegan as, as Druid. Me too. Those, those are my two favorite. Yeah. I think those are my two favorite as well. And I never, I didn't see anyone talking about Barry Keegan, but I was just like, I think his character, like Kumail Nanjiani, everyone's going to love because he's fucking hilarious in this movie. Uh, he's great. So good. I think Barry Keegan's character actually has a lot more kind of like, like a conflict within and it's like stuff that actually makes sense. Yeah. And we'll get to it. Cause I think there's other characters that they, they try and give conflict to, but it's just a little bit sloppy at times, but yeah, no, I, I did like the, the different personalities and kind of like this family vibe between them. Um, and I think they did do a good job with that considering how many people are actually in the movie. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But you know what? I, found interesting as I'm watching this movie the characters that I liked the least were the characters that we saw the most mm-hmm. I maybe maybe not so much because Kingo got a lot of screen time but I really didn't like the lead basically the lead girl like Cersei yeah yeah she's you know most of the movie I think she gets the most screen time I didn't like her character I didn't like I felt like she was like the weakest link out of everybody I didn't really like Sprite too much i don't know just didn't do anything for me and um you know the whole time like right out the gate i was like icarus is a fucking dick and (laughs) i had my suspicions but also because of what the um like the myth like you know the the lore behind icarus like in our real life Mm -hmm. you know his his hubris and him thinking he's all that and whatever and he was like you know don't fly too close to the sun which there's something very on the nose at the end of the movie but um, oh, yeah, <laughs> but um, so from the beginning, I was kind of like suspicious of him and his intention, especially with like the way he like moves about certain things. And then, yeah. And these are the people I see the most of. That's why I think characters like like Gilgamesh and Druig and Kingo and Fastos were so refreshing. Yeah. And, you know, we already mentioned Kamel and um, Barry Keegan, but Brian Tyree Henry is also fantastic I, I he's so good in this too he's fantastic and he's in like 
20 minutes. Yeah. Like he shows up so late in this movie. I know. And, uh, I do. I really like what they did with his character. Like I actually, you know what you're saying? Like you don't really like Cersei and I, I agree. I, all the characters you mentioned, I actually was not too into. I was not really into Angelina Jolie's character that much either. Yeah. Um, but, uh, Cersei is like, at least I felt this way. I think they were sp- like trying to give her, um, almost like a, a conflict in terms of like who she loves. Cause she's already dating someone. And then she has this past relationship with Icarus, but I found her like so emotionally distant. Yeah. Like very, very robotic in a, in a way. And I think she's supposed to be like your like emotional tie in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't think the, I didn't think her performance was very strong. I think as your main character, she probably should have had the most there to get you to care. And I cared way more about like Brian Tyree Henry's like character. Yeah. Um, they give him so much more in the limited amount of time he has with his family and stuff. And uh, so I was like, I was really into his character. I was surprised. I actually really like Selma Hellick and the the moments that she showed up in, but she's not in it that, that much either. But yeah, the main characters in this movie, you have someone that seems very like battle hardened kind of in like Icarus and he's, he's not, he doesn't show a lot of emotion. And then you have this other girl who I think is supposed to show emotion, but is like very wooden. <laughs> yeah. And you're talking about, you're talking about their, um, you know, her kind of struggle between like her, her past with Icarus and then Dane Whitman. Um, mm-hmm. What's his name's character? It's Kit Harrington. Yeah. Kit Harrington. Yeah. So, um, you know, they're supposed to be showcasing that there is barely any kit harrington in it like not enough to keep you reminded that like oh yeah she is with somebody else like he was just very uninvolved which i get because they're dealing with something on like a universal scale and he's like a quote-unquote regular guy wink wink Mm -hmm. but yeah i just thought that uh it almost seemed like unnecessary like you could have just had her be alone and then icarus shows up again and she's just mad at him for leaving and whatnot and is just like fuck this dude. And it would have been the same. Yeah. I'm glad that, mm-hmm. you know, a kid Harrington was in it because of implications for later down the road, mm-hmm. but it almost seemed like kind of throwaway and non-essential to what was happening in the story in this movie. Yeah. We'll get to it later. Post-credit scenes are pretty good on this movie. Mm. So, mm. <laughs> Oh yeah. The post-credits have been getting better and better. I mean, I wouldn't, I would say I'm more, way more into the Shang-Chi post-credits, which I actually rewatched that movie the other day because now it's on Disney Plus for free. You know, I think we're going to talk spoilers a lot in this movie. Yeah. Um, So there's just like a few things that I kind of want to just mention that aren't spoilery. Then we could get into more, you know, more of that stuff. Because I think a lot of my main criticisms actually are things that I can't say without spoiling the movie. Mm -hmm. But um, one thing I do for the most part enjoy the story structure of this movie. I think when you hear that a movie is going to span across like whatever, like 5,000 years or something like that or whatever it is, like you're like, you're like, Oh, how the fuck are they going to do that? And I think it is repetitive. I think the story kind of, you know, spins its wheels for a little bit. I know I heard some people saying that they were bored, but I do like how they did it where it's like, you know, we're going to introduce you to a character kind of like midway through this movie or they're going to bring back this character like midway through the movie. And you're going to see why they are the way they are from an event that happened in the past. And we'll show it. Yeah. I, th- 
in some ways I would rather them do it like that. That shows like how long they've, they've been on earth um, and their relationships rather than just doing it in a linear fashion. Um, So I think for that, like they actually, I thought they did a good job. I was never really super bored with this movie. Like I've heard a lot of people mention my biggest criticism with the movie. I can't say yet, (laughs) but but it does come down to like, I guess how certain characters are written. So in some ways I think the writing in terms of accomplishing spanning a story over that much time, I think they did well, but then there's other things within the writing that I think are very sloppy. Um, Yeah. I don't know if you have anything to contribute with that. Well, I think, I think, yes, I agree. Like, and I also would add on uh, the way certain characters not only are written, but are utilized. Um, Like we mentioned with, Dane Whitman, uh, Kid Harrington's character. Mm-hmm. I felt like that was almost unnecessary. It didn't really do or add much. I'll say this, and I think Marvel did this on purpose. Well, one, the movie looks and feels very different from other Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. In terms of like the tone, it's pretty on par with some Marvel. It's a little bit more drab and dreary, um, but there's still humor in it, you know, Thankfully, mm-hmm. like, and pretty much every character gets like comedic beats with, you know, a few exceptions. Um, Cersei is essentially humorless and just void of any kind of uh, emotion. Yeah. But pretty much everybody gets like a comedic beat. Some characters more than others. Kingo's amazing. Druig, I thought, had some really funny moments. Fastos, of course. Yeah, I just felt like, okay, cool that this is different. I like that it feels and looks different from other MCU movies. It's trying to stand on its own do something different. And I don't know everything that the writers worked on necessarily, but, and I can't remember right now. I'm sure you probably said it, but that was, that was days ago. Now, um, (laughs) this movie to me felt like it was written by people who like, didn't know Marvel because there's some, some things in this movie that are like, Easter eggs, quote unquote, but they're literally just like name dropping a thing in the MCU. And it's like every other MCU movie I've ever seen that has Easter eggs. uh, There's things that have been like way more subtle. I felt like there were a lot of things that were really on the nose. And I don't want to necessarily say it's lazy, but it just seemed like they were given like, here's some hot topic, like things you should talk about because this is an Eternals movie. And there's, here's some things that we want to do in the future. So like, here's a list of things that you can like work in there. Mm -hmm. And they literally just like took the list and went, okay. And just inserted word into script. And, um, I'll bring it up again once we say spoilers, but yeah, I didn't even mention when we went through it, like what the writer's like resume looked like, but apparently close out went to Kevin Feige with an idea for this movie. Like apparently she approached Marvel and was like, I would like to do an Eternals movie. And they like listened and they, they liked her idea. Um, so, you know, I guess she, she knows enough to, you know, want to do this movie. And especially because these are obscure characters to a degree, um, Mm -hmm. she must have some familiarity with it, but in terms of like actual, like these are your writing credits, like four movies on the big screen. I mean, she did Nomadland. We weren't the biggest fan of it, but it won best picture. So she has clout there, but the other two writers, like the best biggest thing between the other two combined is like Peter rabbit two. <laughs> it's like, okay. Yeah. So it's like, what the fuck, fuck is this? So, yeah, I mean, I think, and, and this kind of applies to like so much of the movie. 
I think we're we're hitting topics and we're like, I like this thing about this one thing, but I also dislike this. And I think like the one word that I can really take away with this movie is I feel like this movie is just very inconsistent because yeah. with one aspect, there could be something great. And then another thing it, within that same aspect could be really shitty. And kind of one of the last things that I wanted to talk about, um, and you hit on it a little bit, that's not spoilery visuals in this movie. There are some visuals that I think look awesome. Like there's some really cool stuff. I know when we were watching the trailer, we were like, Oh, that looks so cool. But then there's some of the worst CGI in, Mm -hmm. in possibly any Marvel movie. Like I, I looked. this movie cost, I think $200 million to make. I looked it up afterwards because I was like, I can't decide if like, this is some of the best CGI in the MCU or some of the worst CGI. Like there's a, there's a couple scenes that are, that are awesome. But then there's another scene later on in the movie that I was like, I could have banged that out in after effects in like five minutes. That looks so bad. <laughs> it looks like I yeah. did it. And, uh, it, just in general, like I think there is spectacle, but it's only like half the time or something. So again, I think this movie's inconsistent. I think that, factors into almost all aspects of the movie. Um, other than those things though, um, I don't really have anything else that's non spoilery that I wanted to talk about. Do you have anything? No, no, let's, let's take on some spoilers because I really want to, um, okay. The last, the last, um, point that I made, I really want to elaborate on that a little bit. So, but it does involve a spoiler. Okay. So spoilers from here on out. And, um, you know, maybe we shouldn't be talking about the post credits so soon, but one of the th- one of the referential things that I didn't like that I felt was kind of lazy and just thrown in there. Um, there's a scene when they like return to the ship and then uh, I think Druig's playing with a sword or somebody's playing with a sword. And then um, Angelina Jolie is just like, oh, is that the ebony blade? And like, that's it. And they're just like, oh, no, it's Excalibur. Like, oh, sick. But just like real quick, it's like, is that the ebony blade? Wink. And they're like, nope. And then within the same movie, just like, you know, an hour later in the post credit, then you see the ebony blade. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I was just like, well, that's kind of lazy and stupid. It's just like you mention it once, but then it's like immediately paid off. It's just like, I don't know. I think it would have been better with like a deft hand of like just showing a blade and be like, and if they're just like, is that what I think it is? And they're like, it's Excalibur. And they're like, Oh, okay. Like they, like if as if they thought it was the ebony blade, but didn't say it and they just yeah. let you see it later. Like, Oh, he actually has it. Um, mm-hmm. or something. I don't know. It just felt like kind of on the nose for me. And I was like, mm, that's, that's lazy. That just seems lazy. Or, or like they didn't really know what they were talking about. I don't know. I think, I think there's just things in general throughout this movie that, that are just, uh, like heavy handed, like you had mentioned uh, Icarus later on in the movie and like it happened. And I was like, I was like, really? (laughs) All right. So again, we're in the spoiler zone. So Icarus is basically the bad guy in the movie, like, like twist. He's the actual villain of the movie. Well, can I just say this real quick before we even like hit that? Yeah, this is, this is my, actually my biggest problem with the movie. This movie has like, really really poorly written villains like possibly in my opinion some of the worst in the mcu like that's something that i can actually i actually think is one of the worst things you've seen in the mcu because 
it's not that like characters don't have motivations and stuff. Cause I think some of them do. I mean, Crow is completely wasted. They, they wasted Bill Skarsgård with that character. Um, yeah, I think that the celestials are cool. Uh, they all, they kind of just come across as like, just, uh, I wouldn't say that they come across evil. Like, I think they're like, yeah, this is, this is for like, you know, the, the good of the universe, but, uh, they're just, they're just kind of these like faceless things that show up every once in a while. But the big thing for me was like, by the end of this movie, almost everyone's a villain. (laughs) Like they couldn't decide like, like what they, I don't think they could really decide who the focus was going to be on because again, these are big spoilers, but Icarus basically turns out to be like essentially the biggest villain that they're facing. Like he's like the biggest roadblock they have by the end of the movie, but he's a villain, grows a villain. Uh, Erisham, the judge is a villain in this movie, but then other Eternals just basically just like, like puss out (laughs) like, and Sprite kind of becomes a villain. Um, yeah, it's all over the place. Yeah, like at a part in this movie, uh, Druig isn't really a villain, but he's kind of a, a dick, and he and he abandons them. Uh, my favorite character in the movie, like Kamel Nanjiani's character, uh, he just pieces, like he just leaves them. <laughs> and yeah, he's not involved in the end. He never comes. He just comes back at, at the very end of the movie to like help. Sprite pack bags into a car, but like, he's just like, yeah, I'm not going to be a part of this in the end. Like I, I thought he would have had to have come back for them to do like their power thing where they transfer all their power to one eternal so that they can do it. Nope. Not involved in the slightest. Yeah. He just straight up dipped out of the finale of the movie. I was, yeah, it really bummed me because I was just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his whole thing should have been he came back and was just like, you know what, like, whatever I thought about Icarus, like, if he's not in line with, like, what I believe anymore, then, like, like he should have been the one to, like, put Icarus down. Mm-hmm. Like, that should have been the moment where it's just, like, he's like, I'm sorry, like, I gotta do this. He's like, I gotta... And then they face off, and, like, in a moment where maybe Icarus is like laying it down on the rest of them. And like, they just need like one other thing to tip them over the edge to be able to like, kind of get a leg up again. And that's when he shows up again. And then they all give their power and blah, blah, blah. Nope. <laughs> he just fucks off. And then everybody's cool with it. Yeah. That's, that was the thing for me is like, they're like, all right, we all have to like come together here. Otherwise, like essentially our memories will be wiped. And all of, like this planet will be destroyed. And then he's just like, eh, fuck it. I'll see you in the next life, boys. And they're just like, all right. And then they save the world. And then at the end, they're just like, you're still cool with me. <laughs> it's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That wasn't really thought out. I didn't, I didn't like that either. Yeah. I, uh, I just felt like by the end of the movie, I was like, is, is everyone in this movie a villain? Like, is that, al- is it almost like they're trying I could see them kind of saying like wanting to humanize these characters and give them like, they all have their own like blemishes and stuff. But at the end of the day, almost every character except for like Cersei and um, like Fastos and maybe like a couple other ones are just like flip flop and they don't, you know, they're just doing their own thing. And I just, I did not really appreciate it. I felt like they couldn't figure out how to write a villain to save their life in this movie. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, definitely not. All that being said, do you want to discuss now the um, the post credits? Both post credits. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Because you're you're gonna know more about both these characters than me. Yeah. So let's talk about the first one because I thought it was very interesting. Um, I guess that's Harry Styles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So full disclosure, I did not. I didn't know who Harry Styles was. Like I've heard his name before. Um, and I guess he's a singer. I don't, I might, I probably have heard songs of his and not even realized it, mm-hmm. but, um, I just don't pay attention to that stuff. So I had no idea who he was, but he shows up as arrows, mm-hmm. like he, not arrows, like bow and arrows, but arrows like E R O S. Mm-hmm. I could not believe that they acknowledge that he's Thanos's brother. I thought it was really cool. I think it's cool, but. I worry, like, what are the explanations? Like, what? Like, what are, how? Like, who's, who's going back and explaining that now? Because, yes, in the comics, uh, Thanos is the child of, of two Eternals, and he was infected with um, the, the deviant gene. Like, he basically, like, has this malformity, which is why he looks the way he does, and he doesn't look like the rest of the Eternals. But then also this mm-hmm. movie retcons things about the Eternals, and doesn't make them an alien race. It says that they're like synthetic beings created by the celestials. Yeah. So, they're like so, essentially cyborgs. <laughs> yeah. So if they're synthetic beings created by the celestials, how do they have siblings? And if that is, and if they have siblings, then how did eternals procreate? Yeah. Which, so them trying to blend, this is what I mean about, it felt like the movie was written by people who didn't really understand Marvel or didn't understand what they were doing or what implications they were like playing with when they were like, we want to do this. We want to throw this character in because people are going to be like, Oh my God, that's so cool. But it creates so many issues that I don't fully understand. And maybe they'll get around to answering, but like why now another movie has to go back and explain who Thanos was and his lineage and how that was to be and stuff. When Thanos is a character who's already dead now, we should be moving on from this. So, but I did think it was cool. (laughs) So all of those complaints aside, (laughs) I was like, oh, that is cool that they're like acknowledging that. And people are like, holy shit, like Thanos' brother. And even they were like scratching their heads. I'm wondering if maybe eventually like we find out almost like Captain Marvel's scenario where the Eternals were told, like he told them that they're synthetic beings, but they are actually like this alien race that the Celestials use as like almost like crops for this, like, because they're like, Oh, we can just like take these aliens or these people from this planet, wipe their minds, blah, 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 because they have these super strengths, but they're not actually synthetic. Like he's saying, Mm. which is why they can be brothers because arrow shows up and is basically just like, yeah, the celestials ain't what you think they are. And your friends are in trouble. So we're going to go fuck some shit up because these Celestials are a bunch of dicks. I'm wondering if Eros knows he's like, Hey, we've been lied to. We're actually not created by the Celestials. Like they're using our people. We actually do have a planet somewhere. And like those memories are real. And what they do is that not actually giving us memories, but like brain, like mind wiping us. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I'm thinking maybe that's the swerve is that, the Celestials gave misinformation because they're using these people, but Eros is here to be like, 
yo, guess what? Like I'm Thanos's brother. What? How do you have a, how do you have a brother? How do you have parents? We're like, well, that's the funny thing. You're being fucking lied to. I could see that. And now we're going to go run shit. That would, that would be cool. Cause yeah, they do imply like at the end, like the way that I took it was that they were implying essentially like within the multiverse, there are other, um, there are other celestials or there's just other celestials that are just off world. But, uh, I mean, not celestials, uh, other eternals that are off world, um, you know, on their own mm-hmm. planet. But, uh, well, yeah, they're spread across the universe. See, I thought that they were all like, I didn't think that there was like millions of them or however many, like my, my impression going into this movie was that they were like, they were the eternals and they kind of oversaw all of the planets, not just like only earth. I don't know if that's a change they made for this movie. Um, but that was the impression that I had with that. At least I would, I could do kind of like that though, because there are a lot of things now that are like, I think this movie has a lot of really interesting points, but I think it also is kind of like, okay, well now you need to explain all this stuff. Like maybe you need to do a little bit of retconning down the road. Yeah. Um, this, you just jogged my, my memory about this though. I wanted to say this, this isn't spoilery or anything. We saw them in the trailer, but, um, I thought Crow was going to be more humanoid for most of the movie and he's really not. And yeah, I did some research afterwards and also considering since you just brought up Thanos and how he has the deviant gene, mm-hmm. wouldn't it have been just a lot better if they had just like made, cause the deviants are basically almost like disfigured humanoid type creatures. You mean in the comics, right? Yeah. In the comics, yeah. but like in here, they're just like these like animal CGI fests. Mm-hmm. And again, going back to the villains, it would have been a lot better. And I think a lot more consistent in terms of what you've seen in the MCU, if they had just actually designed them the way they are in the comics. Yeah. Don't like, I don't know, but, uh, you know, I did like that, that, uh, that first post credit scene. I also, I do like Harry Styles. Um, yeah, he's from one direction. <laughs> oh, is that, <laughs> Oh my God. Yeah. But he was in Dunkirk. So it's like, it's not like he's like, they just brought someone in, uh, that's like, popular with like the kids and they're just like, Oh, we'll capitalize. Like he was in a movie that Christopher Nolan made. He was really good in it. So I was cool with it when he showed up. I was like, Oh, that's awesome. Um, I want to hear more about what, what you have to say about the other post credit scene though, because I've heard a few things about this one that I find very interesting. I'll tell you everything you fucking need to know. I'll tell you every fucking thing you need to know. Not even a question, (laughs) not theories, facts, answers, not literally zero room for discussion on this. It is 100% is what it is. Boom. <laughs> okay. We got right. Dane Whitman. He's in a room and he's all like, Ooh, maybe I shouldn't. Ooh, maybe I should. Ooh, I don't know what to do. Ooh, what's this box on the table? Ooh, it's a fucking sword. What sword is it? That's the ebony blade, bitch. <laughs> so hyped. I was so hyped. I was going to say it. Yeah. No, no, I was going to say it. What does it do? All right. <laughs> The ebony blade is, it's a cursed sword. The sword, there's so much history here. And there's actually like a whole comic series called uh, the King, the King in black. And it's about null. Mm -hmm. And he's, he's the God of the symbiotes, symbiotes, symbiotes. If you watch a Venom movie, you'll hear it said every single way. (laughs) Um, But he, but he is the God of, of the symbiotes. So um, the ebony blade is actually one of the first, um, like weapons in the, the like the universe, the Marvel universe that is like this dark 
energy like that. And it's actually like, it's one of the most powerful weapons in Marvel comics. Mm. But the problem with the blade is once you start using it, you have to keep killing. And it basically corrupts its user into like these violent, um, not necessarily rages, but just massacres. Like the sword demands more blood. Like it, it will infect your mind to just like keep killing and killing and killing like feed me more blood. That's what it needs. And, um, Dane Whitman's character, I think he is the grandson of the first black Knight. Cause that's the thing. Dane Whitman is the black Knight. Mm-hmm. He, um, and, and black Knight's actually been like an Avenger before and stuff. So he's, he's badass, but he's brutal because of the way the sword is. The sword is cursed. And once you pick it up, it's basically tethered to you. Uh, the sword also in part of its powers. If so, if let's say I'm, I'm the black knight and I wield the sword and I am now bound to the sword by the curse. If I drop the sword and you pick it up, you can't kill me with it. It Ooh. cannot be used on its owner. It 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 can't. It also. I think there's something where you could like almost like Thor's hammer, like anywhere he is, like he can basically just like summon it. You know, he can be just like out and about, and some shit's about to go down. And be like, oh well, guess what? I'm actually the Black Knight. Boom! Here's a fucking sword, and I'm gonna slice everybody's head off within this area. <laughs> so it's a gnarly, gnarly weapon, and it, and the implications of it existing in the MCU is just like, whoa! And him being in it creates such an interesting character that can be played with in these. And also we didn't talk about the trailer for moon Knight, but moon Knight's another character like this, where Marvel's starting to add these people who are quote unquote heroes who have such a dark and like vicious thing inside of them where, yeah, they're good guys. They're fighting on the right side, but in the most like brutal ways, Mm Mm-hmm which I think is very interesting. And I think it makes sense as to why you hear this voice behind you, because this is another character that is just like that, where it's like, yeah, I'm a good guy, but I fucking, I just massacre fools. Do you know whose voice that was? Okay. That that's what I wanted to ask you. Yeah. It's blades voice. They Chloe Zhao said that they got Mahershala Ali to voice the voice. Yes. Yep. That's blade baby. Mahershala Ali. And we were just talking recently about like, you know, they announced the blade thing and they've done nothing with that. What's up with that? And then we see this movie and it's like, boom, you hear him. He's here. Like you didn't see him, but you hear his voice. I was wondering how, how blade ties into that though. Now I don't know necessarily how he ties into that directly, but the, the black Knight and like the lore behind the ebony blade um, is so like rich and thick and has such like a, a long history that it wouldn't surprise me if there were some ties within blades world, or if it ties back to Dracula in some way, especially since the, the blade itself, you know, it calls for more and more killing and more blood. Mm-hmm. It, it almost is a vampire in itself. Um, and Dracula is in Marvel comics. Like, yeah, is a villain in Marvel comics. So I'm not just like referencing like Bella Lugosi or something some Nosferatu fuck something (laughs) like that. But, but um, I can see them utilizing it to tie in that way. And again, these are very dark characters, characters who are not have like no problem with killing, 
they're fighting on the right side, but like they spill blood willingly Mm -hmm. and readily. And I think maybe they could be using that to create kind of like this dark universe within the MCU characters like blade can exist there. Dark uh, black Knight can exist there. Uh, Moon Knight, I think is going to exist there because that trailer looked fucking gnarly and cool. And Moon Knight is such an interesting character and I can talk so long about that too. And um, I think Ghost Rider can exist in that world. So I would love to see them kind of create this darker, grittier, more violent, bloody side of the MCU because that's one thing we haven't seen. And I don't necessarily think it has to be rated R, but it needs to be like hard hitting and and kind of dark. It'd be cool if... Imagine if Blade was rated R. They made it like the rated R Blade. Now, I think the... Were the other Blade movies rated R? Yeah, they, they were rated R. Right. So I think that that would be really cool, but I can't imagine Disney and, and Marvel putting that together. Yeah. But those are characters that could have a R-rated movie. Black Knight is another one. You could have an R-rated movie because it is just... It's just fucking massacre. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what it calls for. That's what the curse asks for yeah i was hyped i was like oh fuck yes like cool the black knight stuff amazing but then like blade i want blade i want mahershala ali he's an amazing act he's he's so good yeah he's so fucking good and they got him at such a good time like he's so there's he's so perfect he's so perfect for the role we we said when they announced that 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 was one of the things that we were most excited about like awesome casting there and uh, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm uh, very excited to see where they go from here. I am also very intrigued at like how they explain some of these events. Um, I didn't want to say this, like I don't want to be that guy because I'm watching this movie. Like that's <laughs> you have to suspend so much of your disbelief about. But I feel like the event that happened in this movie is one of the biggest we've seen in in like a non Avengers movie. Like, don't you think? Oh, the entire earth was going to explode. The whole earth was going to explode. But now also there, there is literally, I mean, I guess it's not living anymore, but there is a living celestial, this thing that's bigger than planets protruding from the earth. <laughs> so like, yeah, so now everyone on earth knows about things like in other galaxies. Cause I, I mean, I guess they knew before with like the, you know, the events of like the first Avengers, but this is just so much bigger than that. That I feel like, yeah, I feel like, uh, I don't know. I, I felt like the threats before they were like, oh, like, you know, the Avengers could take care of that. It's like, no, like if one of these things wanted to wipe out earth, like that's it. So I don't. Oh. Yeah. You saying that just reminded me. Okay. Yeah. Continue. No, I was, it's just like, I'm wondering how this plays out with the rest of like the, you know, MCU and the universe. Cause you still have like, oh, I'll tell you. Okay. Go for it. Uh, so the end of the movie before the post credits, um, Arisham calls a couple of the uh, the ones that are still on Earth. Like they just get like abducted. Basically, he shows up at Earth and is like, "Yeah, you're coming with me." Yeah, and it's just like you stopped the birth of a celestial in favor of the life of the people of Earth. He's like, "I'm going to." Re-, he's like, "Now I'm going to go through your memories and see if that was justified, mm-hmm. and if and if their lives are worth the life of a celestial, and I will make my judgment." And I will be back type of mm-hmm. thing. I think the Celestials are going to send Galactus to Earth. I think that's how Galactus gets here. I think the Celestials are going to call for him because Galactus Ooh. has history with the Celestials and he has bad blood with them. I think they might they might call him to Earth and then 
that'll be kind of like around where his rebellion against the celestial starts as well. Like maybe like Eternals too. Like there's something that goes down there. Mm-hmm. Um, but someone might correct me if I'm wrong. I'm like 90% sure that this is the case. Like uh, Galactus used to be one of the other tools of the celestials. Mm. Like, like how the Eternals are like the, the celestials used to use Galactus for like certain things and blah, blah, blah. But then Galactus was just like, fuck you clowns. And then he was like, <laughs> I'm going to kill all the celestials. Like, I'm pretty sure that was a mission of Galactus's. He's like, I'm going to kill every celestial. So I'm, I'm wondering if maybe they're going to use the celestials as, as like being this overruling thing throughout the universe. And they're, they're kind of controlling and like Galactus is almost like a slave of theirs. And they send him to earth as the, as the judgment of earth. And they're just like, well, now you're going to get fed to Galactus. But then Galactus, I don't know, maybe he fights or people fight back and he's just like, yo, fuck this. I'm out of here. Fuck y'all Celestials. I'm going to go do my own shit. I'm going to hang out with this bald silver bitch on a surfboard. I'm going to have <laughs> him find me some planets because at least he talks nice to me. Y'all disrespecting my name and I'm going to come back and bitch slap every last one of you. <laughs> See, that's, I mean, I mean, uh. I actually don't give a shit about Silver Surfer, but like I want Galactus so bad. I feel like every single time I'm like, I hear like all oh, the post credit scenes big on this one, and I'm like, oh, is it Galactus? And, it, and it's not. Again, come up with too many good ideas. Why aren't you Kevin Feige? I know, dude. I should be Kevin Feige, but <laughs> but seriously, I I really do think that they that him mentioning the like I'm gonna review and I will I will pass my judgment shortly. Mm-hmm. I think that that is an imminent threat of Galactus. I think I think the Celestials are going to send Galactus towards Earth and be like, "Yo, these fuckboys wasted one of our homies, so y'all can you can go eat them. I don't give a shit. Go eat Earth." <laughs> these fuckboys. I hope that's the actual dialogue in the movie. Yeah, these fuckboys wrecked my <laughs> homie. Send in. Galactus. <laughs> like I said at the uh, at the top, I think that score is very misleading. I think that there are other movies that are like way worse. I think this movie is extremely inconsistent, mm-hmm. but I also do think that this movie has, um, in terms of like you know being interesting and sparking a lot of conversation and like where this could bring the MCU. I think this movie does a lot of things. Whereas like if you watch like Hulk. You're like, this does nothing for me. Yeah, it <laughs> so, is nothing. You know, it's it's a mixed bag, but I think that score is very misleading. Uh, do you have anything else that you, you wanted to talk about? I don't. I think we should get into Tomato Tomatoes. All right. Tomato Tomato. Tomato, the critics, they're bringing this in at a 48%. Whoa, this went down since I saw it. I think the week when I saw it, it was sitting at like a 58. Yeah. Its average score is a 56 um wow yeah it's crazy i think that's the only rotten mcu movie it is now i did want to say this i wonder if this movie was graded harsher by critics because the last person to win best picture made it i'm thinking that too i'm also thinking that maybe this movie was yeah it's made by a oscar winning best picture winning director but maybe this type of movie was just outside of her range of scope that 
that doesn't necessarily translate. Like, look at Nomadland, and it's like you're working with like one amazing actress and then a bunch of essentially regular people, non actors, non actors, yeah. and then here you're managing a giant ensemble cast of like a listers, and you're dealing with uh, over ten years of history and over twenty something movies of history, and you're juggling all of that. And I just feel like maybe, maybe she wasn't the one for this job, or maybe this was more than she had expected. I don't know. I I don't want to say like she did a bad job, but yeah, it's definitely not the best, I think. Yeah. Like like I said, I just feel like it's it's inconsistent cuz I think yeah. you see things that you're like you're just like, "Oh, that, that's that's really good. This person knows what they're doing." But then there's other things that it's like, "Well, I don't know what happened there." Part of me wonders if this movie would play a lot better with like a different edit of it. Mm. You know, I'm, I'm not sure. I think there's, there's problems with the movie that I would still have, but I think there's certain events, certain dialogue that maybe if you took it out, it might make things cleaner. Yeah. I think the movie's also very long for oh hundred percent what it is, but again, it's spanning over so many, so many years, but I think like, I think Chloe Zhao is very talented. I was not a big fan of Nomadland, but if, you know, I think when we did the review of it, we recognized all the things that were good about it. Right. Um, I just, uh, th- this was a weird choice. Um, but I, like I said, also, I, apparently she came to Marvel with this idea. So she, she went to Kevin Feige, like, guys, I have a bad idea. Let's do it. <laughs> and they were like, great. <laughs> nice. Um, but yeah, 48 for the critics, 78 for the audience. Hmm. 78. What is that? A C plus? Yeah. C plus. Okay. Um, I'm going to say tomato. Okay. And I, I actually went with a C plus. Nice. Nice. I went, uh, tomato as well. I went C. Okay. I was teetering between a C and a C plus. I actually wrote down in my notes that I really want to revisit this. Like I want to watch it again with like, you know, different, different set of eyes mm-hmm. and try to pick apart more stuff. I think I was just so hyped for the post credits that, cause when I left the theater, I wrote it down. I was like, that's a B. Mm-hmm. And then like, I thought about it more at like days later and I'm like, Oh, that was, that was bad. Actually <laughs> that part was bad. Yeah. I didn't like that. Why the fuck? Where did Kingo go? <laughs> and I'm like, okay, maybe it's not a B. Yeah, <laughs> but um, but I was just so high on the uh, the post credits. That's the thing is they le- they let you leave the theater on like the rush of the post credits that you forget if the movie was good or not. <laughs> I remember when we saw Captain Marvel, uh, the post credit scene started, and I heard you like say the pack because you were sitting next to me, like, okay, and now for the reason why I actually came to see this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> like now, um, what I'm, what I'm really here for. Really here for. <laughs> um, yeah. I, when I left the theater, like I said, I my initial reaction was I, I think I texted my brothers and I was like, that wasn't the worst movie in the MCU. Like, get the fuck out of here. I was like, that being said, this movie has mondo writing problems. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real. But yeah, man, I'm glad. I'm glad we got to talk about it. It's always a good time when we get to talk Marvel. Oh yeah, yeah, and um. You know, there's so many like new Marvel trailers that came out recently and new like teases for things to come. There's news about Charlie Cox reprising Daredevil. Have you seen that? Uh, Kevin Feige confirmed it, didn't he? Yeah, he came out and just said straight up like Charlie Cox is coming back as Daredevil in the MCU. And um, I came (laughs) and I'm coming right now just thinking about it again (laughs) because 
Daredevil's my fa- favorite character. I love that show. If anybody asks me, like, what's your favorite TV show of all time? I say Daredevil from Netflix. I fucking love it. I've never seen a more perfect transition from page to screen in comic books besides the Daredevil series. It's bar none the best comic book adaptation I've ever seen. There's lit- like I'm watching that show and there's literal like panels from the comic book pages from Frank Miller that I'm seeing come to life in the best way possible. Charlie Cox is amazing as Matt Murdock at like the guy to do it. So hyped that he's coming back. And that also gives me hope that the MCU will have John Bernthal as the Punisher. Another guy, the best casting choice of all time. No one else can be the Punisher. He is amazing. We talked about this when we did the Spider-Man trailer last time, but there was that rumor that Matt Murdock was going to be in Spider-Man. Yeah. And the timing is a little interesting on this. Yeah, right. Um, It is something to think about that. Maybe he is going to show up, you know, as like a small cameo amongst a million other cameos in in the Spider-Man movie. Yeah, it would be cool. Um, I think he's going to show up. I think he'll show up in She-Hulk. Okay. Because She-Hulk, I can't remember her name when she's not She-Hulk, but she's a lawyer. Mm -hmm. That'd be cool. I I can see them running into each other. As lawyers, maybe you don't see him in the show as Daredevil. Maybe she doesn't even know he's Daredevil and he doesn't know she's She-Hulk. Mm-hmm. Or maybe he would because he would probably sense that there's something off with her. But um, that would be a cool, uh, interesting way of bringing him in. Like, not as Daredevil, but as Matt Murdock. And then slowly letting... Because Daredevil is an interesting character to bring into the MCU at this point. Because so much of the problems in the MCU and the villains and the threats in the MCU yeah. are on a massive scale and daredevil has always been a street level hero. Like mm-hmm. you don't bring in daredevil when Thanos invades. Cause what is he going to do? Yeah. I don't know. Like, I mean, I guess he's just as useful as like black widow would be. And there are things about his power set that is like incredible. And especially like being involved with the Avengers, like bringing him in to help with interrogations and things like that. Since he can sense when people are lying and things like that, that can all come in handy. Like, I think he has a place in the MCU but I don't see him being brought in to like help Dr. Strange, like fight people in the multi, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I will say this though, like a daredevil sh- like movie granted. I think we, we know all the shit that they're playing in terms of movies for a while. So if they do like decide to do a daredevil movie, like it, it'd be way down the line. But, uh, mm-hmm. that, that is the type of thing that like I would love to see because I feel like a smaller scale movie is like exactly what I'm looking for right now because so much of what we're seeing is like, I complain about it with like when we did Shang-Chi, like everything now is so big, so crazy CGI heavy. I think something much more like small scale and maybe visceral is like exactly what I would want. That's why the show is so amazing. Well, here's the thing though. I'm not going to be happy with anything in the MCU until they put uh, Finn Jones as Iron Fist. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think he's the only person from like the defenders, the Netflix shows who should be recast. Yeah. Everybody else was perfect. I fucking hate iron fist. I hate him so much. His show's bad. I, I love actually. I mean, his character is bad. Yeah. I think we've said this multiple times. Uh, Daredevil's the best show, but I, I really like Luke cage. Like I, I really enjoyed his show. His show's good. Jessica Jones season one is incredible. 
Really? I couldn't really get into it as much. The first couple episodes, it's a, it's slow to get into, like episode two, like pretty much after episode three, it like gets, whoa, so good. Like once you're introduced to the actual villain of the series and like you start really getting into it, it is awesome. Oh. Like really fucking good. Maybe I'll have to, I'll have to revisit it then. I'll revisit that in Iron Fist and then maybe Daredevil season two. Maybe. <laughs> No, Daredevil <laughs> season two is incredible. It's so good. Oh, man. Well, I'm glad we got to do this. Oh, yeah, me too. And I'm glad we got to put on another episode for the Swampies. And I'm sure they're happy to hear us, or maybe they're not, but they're listening. They're hate listening to us right now, <laughs> which fine. <laughs> I don't care. Their phone just goes off and it's like two dudes in movie reviews has put out a new episode and they're just like these fucking old guys. These fucking idiots. <laughs> let's see what, let's see what <laughs> dumb shit they have to say. <laughs> when are you guys going to learn? Nobody likes you. They're going to listen to the whole thing. And then we're like, oh, we're getting so many listens. <laughs> yeah, people love us. <laughs> yeah, that would be the way it goes. Well, if you do love us, you should follow us on Instagram at Two Dudes Movie Reviews. Um, I'm still going strong on my Instagram, Sky Halud, with, uh, with the <laughs> Dune memes. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm actually started making some of my own. I have some queued up that are going to be posted in the next couple days. Um, nice. The well is drying up fast, <laughs> so I have to make them now. But um, yeah, I was I was looking at some of the ones you've been posting. And I was like, that's a stretch. I'm not I'm not into that. I was like, I'm unsubbing. This guy's lost. His Wait, touch. which ones are a stretch? You tell me. <laughs> I'm just I'm just playing with you. You tell me exactly which ones are stretch. I triggered you. <laughs> did you see the one that I did with the Twilight Zone with the thing on the wing of the plane? Uh, I don't know. And the guy's eyes are closed. I don't think so. I made, I made that one. It's like the guy's like closing his eyes. He doesn't want to look out the window. Cause you know, the thing is like, Oh, like there's something on the wing of the plane, blah, blah. blah. Mm -hmm. So it's like that creature is up against the window and you see his like little pig nose and like whatever he looks like. <laughs> but the guy who sees him is like, he has his eyes closed and he's looking the other way. Mm -hmm. So it's just like the guy with his eyes closed. I put down as like my followers. And then the creature on the wing, I wrote me posting Dune memes every day. <laughs> <laughs> Have you know, have you noticed cuz you know you can check out like how many views you've got on them have you noticed there being less views <laughs> No no I've stayed pretty steady steady strong uh it's always around the same like it fluctuates a little bit based on like what day of the week it is I guess mm -hmm. Um I notice on the weekends it gets like a lot more views so I'm like yeah y'all know what's up y'all know what's <laughs> up Oh I want to see Oh man I don't have it readily available but um Meg got us uh dune shirts matching dune shirts and um, nice. i have it it's i think it's in my my clean laundry pile i have a dirty laundry pile and a clean laundry pile mm -hmm. so i think it's in the clean laundry pile if i can grab it quick i would show you but i think we should just uh say suck it swampies <laughs> get the fuck out of here <laughs> ended on a cliffhanger cliffhanger dune shirt suck my dick bye <laughs>